Welcome in to RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. This is our last weekend of January. Boy, it's coming up quick, isn't it? The, the madness is coming upon us quickly. I am AJ Hoffman, uh, joined as always, as I am every week and every weekend, by my good friend Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, just t- saying before the pod started, uh, the lines are getting tight, and there are a lot of last minute, last second, a lot of one and one free throws that are uh, changing hands of where the money goes at the end of games. So you better be getting good numbers right now. You better be getting sides that you want because don't sleep and miss a three dropping a two and a half, a two and a half dropping a two or something like that because it is a dangerous world out there. I can't stress enough that if you if you can play overnights, you play them. I mean, there's I don't know. I mean, it's almost every morning I wake up and if whatever plays I didn't make the night before, I've got like a goal in mind of what number they'll hit for me to play them. And it, I, I mean, I'd say 90% of them go the opposite way. So it, it's if it, it the best success I've had this year and, and it's, it's looking like it's, I mean, it's been a, a certainly a good couple weeks. Um, it's, most of my success I think is coming on overnight plays, like getting my plays in early, uh, a, a good example of that, a game that's happening tonight. I, I played Portland at uh, Loyola Marymount. I got a seven. By by this morning, it was five. And I didn't even get the best number. There were seven and a halfs out there. I didn't even get a seven and a half last night. I got a seven. This morning, there's fives. So, I mean, and, you know, that's a to get outside of two possessions is massive. So, you got to be quick on these things, especially now that football's wrapping up. A lot of the the sharp money, the quote unquote sharp money, is turning their attention to our little game here, and that's uh, that's part of what playing this game entails is trying to to beat everyone to the numbers. So we will try and get you a head start on the games this weekend. And we're going to do our usual format. We're going to go with the, you know, four of the big games that everybody's going to be watching. And we are going to go with a best bet each at the end. And Griffin, they've got, this is a big weekend because we've got the the big 12 in the SEC going at it. Uh, mostly on Saturday. In fact, maybe all the games are on Saturday in that big 12 SEC showdown. Uh, but the one that jumps off the page is the battle of the blue bloods, Kansas at Kentucky. These are two teams who feel a little bit like they are going in opposite directions. Uh, Kansas is looking to avoid losing four games in a row for the first time in the bill self era. And lo and behold, Kentucky has now won four straight games. So what gives here um, is is Kansas is something fundamentally wrong with Kansas? Has Kentucky fixed something, or did they just happen to play Georgia and Vanderbilt in this little run? What do you see in this matchup? I it's really tough to call. And can you remind me the number that we're putting out there? We're gonna we're gonna go with uh, with Kentucky minus one at home. Okay, um, I think I was on board with that. Um, yeah, uh, I got to say, everyone was uh, putting a bunch of dirt on uh, Coach Cal's grave. Um, everyone was saying that he's coming to Austin, um, which we can get to later or some future show or whatever. 
Uh, and then they went and won at Tennessee. Um, it was a little bit close, but they did it. That was huge. Uh, and then the schedule has worked out for them with Georgia and AM. AM's a good team, though. So that was a good win. Uh, and then going on the road to Vanderbilt, who uh, uh, after my MBA there, uh, I think I saw one conference win in two years. It's a little bit better program now, but still is struggling. So maybe the schedule helped. Uh, I think this will be a good test and almost kind of feels like this is where Kentucky was right before they went on the road to Tennessee uh, when you talk about Kansas and what they've been doing. But um, losing streaks will happen in the Big 12. I mean, what an incredible conference. And unfortunately, a lot of times when you go from all in-conference play to then out-of-conference stuff, there can be some wacky results here. So um, this, honestly, this one has me all over the place. I still don't think that uh, Kentucky is great. I don't think they're very good. Uh, I do think their crowd will be insane and there will probably be a million calls that go the Kentucky blues way rather than Kansas's. Um, I don't love that KU is really small uh, and having to deal with Oscar Sheway who gets away with bloody murder uh, when trying to get rebounds. <laughs> like I feel like if I could put two hands in the small of everyone's back at uh, less than six foot, I would still lead the league in, uh, in rebounds the way that she does. Um, but, and that's clearly a joke, but I, I, I don't think that I want to back can't excuse me, Kentucky here because I think Kansas is better. I just don't know that running and like the run and gun three point shots all in transition is going to play really well on the road at Kentucky. Yeah. And I was, I, I decided to dig into this three game losing streak for Kansas. And the only game that I watched start to finish uh, in that group of games was the Kansas State game, the overtime loss. And I remember that was an off shooting night for uh, for Jalen Wilson, but it was, I mean, he put up a lot of points. He ended up scoring 38 points in that game, uh, which was the, the most he scored all season. He scored 30 against TCU. He scored 23 against Baylor. Like, these are... Not only like, you know, these are not just like this is what he is. Like these are really good scoring nights for Kansas's go-to guy. And they're still losing these games, which is a little bit troubling to me. Um, I, I'm with you. I worry a little bit that there there's just a physicality difference between these two teams. I, I don't know. It feels like it'd be very uh overreactionary because if you'd asked me this two weeks ago i would have said like kansas in this it, it kansas has to be favored in this game has to be and two weeks later it's like no kentucky's a a, a one-point favorite am i being too beholden to the moment like because if you tell me kansas is going to lose you know four games it, it, out of their first you know, 20, it's not like that's a, a crazy thought. They just happen to be three in a row. So I'm trying not to overreact to recency. And I, I if I had to make a player, I think it'd be on the Jayhawks. Yeah, I actually, now that I'm thinking more about it and listening to you talk, I feel like a minus one that we're projecting um, could be a little bit different than that number, of course, but probably below possession. I just feel like that's too cheap to back any sort of Kansas team going in with a pretty big size disadvantage. It certainly doesn't like, I, I think I prefer smaller teams and bigger ones throughout most of college basketball. Um, I'm very excited to kind of see what these two teams look like. This is definitely the game of the day. All right, let's look at Xavier at Creighton. We're going to project Creighton as about a three, 
maybe maybe four point favorite. This one's tough to call. Um, but I, I I'll be honest. I, I Xavier is on a nice little run here. Uh, the there was a a big reaction to their loss to DePaul. You know they they had been on a run. They were just going blitzing through the Big East, and then somehow lost to Chicago's Big East team, DePaul. Then they cover, or, uh, excuse me, Georgetown got a cover against them, really kind of an easy cover. Uh, but then it seems like they righted the ship last night, winning outright uh, as a dog against UConn at UConn. Now they go to Creighton, a team that they beat by three points at home, and it was – they were all out to get there. Um, this was a Creighton had a, a seven point lead in the first half of that. And, um, you know, this was a, it was a dog fight game. I, t- I tend to like, I think I'm starting to think that Creighton and Marquette are sort of in a different class of the big East. And I, I believe Xavier and UConn are in the, the second tier. Um, mostly because I trust Creighton defensively and Creighton's they've got multiple ball handers, ball handlers, which it's going to limit turnovers and, and transition points, which is Xavier has to have that uh, to succeed. And they took advantage of UConn who is struggling in their backcourt right now. I think when you, when you talk about Creighton, they're probably the most balanced team in the big East. I guess you can make an argument for Marquette now, but I just love that they've got somebody who's going to erase everything at, at the rim. Um, I, I love that they're not going to turn the ball over to this Xavier team that thrives on it. So it, it's Creighton or pass for me. What do you see? I completely agree. Uh, I watched because I had played Xavier in uh, in the first matchup and felt very fortunate that Sule Boom was – hundred percent from the free throw line down the stretch. I think he made four consecutive free throws to uh, get me. I want to see either a push or a, a win by half of a point to win by that three point final margin. Um, and to me, honestly, it felt like Creighton was a better team the whole time, but the home court kind of willed Xavier to that win. I also feel like Xavier is a really great offense and a very questionable defense. Um, they're they're and- a bad defense. <laughs> They, they let Georgetown score 82 points on them without two of their three leading scorers. Like they're bad on defense. Okay. AJ Sean Miller is still the <laughs> coach there. So I like, I feel like eventually he's going to grind this team in, but I mean, as you said, we're almost in February. So if it hasn't happened yet, then probably won't ever happen. Um, all I know is that uh, somewhere in middle America, Omaha, Nebraska is a huge, huge, huge crowd advantage. Um, whenever Creighton plays there, um, it's weird that they'd be the better defense in this matchup, considering Greg McDermott has never been a defensive coach in my mind. Um, but I feel like in that first matchup, I, I don't I didn't watch the game yesterday, but I feel like I remember just Xavier being really scared of even attacking the rim because of Ryan Kalkbrenner. So um, there is going to be a big like Xavier needs to make some shots here uh, on the road and without much of a safety net. If they're only a three point dog, give me Creighton. All right, so sounds like we've got some agreement there. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the next game uh, as you are a Texas alum and you have Rick Barnes as your your avatar, your profile picture on Twitter. So, I mean, clearly you've got thoughts on this one. Texas at Tennessee, 
Uh, I'm going to project Tennessee is about a four point favorite here, though. The, anytime our numbers are very different, I I grow a little concerned. Um, and you you your number was a lot different than mine, but Ken Palm also had this number at eight. Uh, Tennessee minus eight in this game. So I, I, I've got no idea really where this number is going to end up. Uh, let's let's use four for just the purposes of, of us breaking this down, but get, get into the, the handicapping, into the details of how you see this matchup playing out. Sure. So um, Torvik actually has 10. So uh, there's wow. a lot of love in the analytics community for this Tennessee team. I feel like there always has been. I mean, you've loved them too a lot more than I have. I have. I think I've, I've had some syndrome because a lot of times I seem to back them, they shoot 12% from three. Um, but Tennessee is one of those things. I really love when Tennessee isn't good. I'm, uh, unfortunately, Rick Barnes is a really stabilizing force in college basketball. I don't think he's going to win titles for you, but I mean, this team looks like one of his best chances to do it. Um, Texas, unfortunately, without Chris Beard, I think that's a, a huge downgrade in the preparation and practices from what I've heard from a lot of uh, pro scouts, not me being told per- personally, but anyway, things I've heard in the media. And I don't know necessarily that um, Texas, I mean, Texas looked great on the road so far. I'm, I'm usually a seller of the team, despite being an alum. Um, and I mean, they've been taking care of business, honestly, and I respect them for it. Um, we're getting pretty like, Market has respected Texas quite a bit also, which made me feel like 10 or eight or something higher than that seems really unlikely. Um, but I think this is going to be a tough situation, similar to the the road trip to Iowa State, where uh, Texas is going to start shooting a lot of threes because they are going to get pu- pushed around inside. Um, four for 17 in that game on the road. Um, didn't shoot very well on the road at West Virginia, either in a win, which was close at the end, similar to a game I attended in person last year. Um I don't really like the setup here for Texas. And I got to say, if Tennessee are, or Tennessee is closer to that, that, that one possession type number, I think I'm, I'm very interested in laying the points with the Vols. Yeah, it, it would certainly be tough for me to lay anywhere close to double digits with Tennessee, right, right. given that I, I would expect this game. I think this is maybe like a 130 point game. Like, so you're you're talking about a, a true blowout if that were the case, uh, and I it, you're right they have played well I think better than expected away from home with the one exception being the Iowa State loss, um, and I think that Iowa State loss continues to age really well like Iowa State's a really good team Not, and so is Tennessee obviously, but Tennessee seems like a team that unless you're bad they have a hard time running away from you. And it's so it, they were able to run away from Georgia last night. They were able to run away from LSU over the weekend. Um, they've been able to run away from like South Carolina, but that's, that's the other thing. If you look at who Tennessee's played recently and you go back to since right before Christmas, since they, they played Arizona, that lost to Arizona, it's been Austin P Ole Miss, Mississippi state, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, which is the one loss in that time, Mississippi State again, LSU, and Georgia. Like, they've been kind of on cruise control, playing teams that don't have near the talent that they have. That changes in this matchup. This is a a Texas team that, 
whatever we think of their coaching situation, and I still think there's a lot to be determined as far as that goes, I, I think most people would have said this is like a top 10 talent roster coming into the season. And I think that's why they've been able to keep their heads above water despite all the turmoil uh, is because they are so talented. I don't, I don't, I, I think I have to take these points if if that's, if it's truly, you know, eight-ish. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's almost a, 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 like I'm being forced to, if you're going to give me that that many points with a team that I think is is every bit as talented as Tennessee. I mean, I don't blame you for a number that big. I certainly wouldn't have an interest, but that shouldn't surprise anybody who listens to any of my podcasts that favorites are not an easy thing for me to do. Um, I I would imagine based on those, I mean, Ken Palm is pretty much the openers at this point. So maybe don't trust my projection as much, but um, I think short favorite Tennessee is interesting. Um, as it gets wider and wider, certainly Texas will look better. I do think there's a fair amount of blowout risk, though, in Knoxville with whatever the like, this is the real orange, this is the better orange. And I'm sure that whole crowd is going to do the whole time. So, but remember why Rodney Terry's in Texas, why he's there is because of Rick Barnes. Like, I don't know that Rick Barnes wants to go embarrass his, his buddy. Like, do you, do you get that, that feeling? I mean, Certainly a, a former assistant, um, you might not want to beat by 45, but um, I don't I don't think that I mean, based on what I know about Rick Barnes, um, he is not concerned about a 12 point loss uh, or or beating his former assistant by yeah. 12. Um, I wouldn't really bring that in. I mean, potentially, if there's something weird late that might be around a point spread changing number, maybe. Uh, like dribble it out, don't take a dunk. But like, also, he's probably not stopping someone doing that in the heat of the moment. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that. Like, maybe if the number is like twenty five, but uh, I don't think we'll see that on Saturday. All right, let's go to the Big Ten for our last game. We are getting Rutgers at Iowa, and we're going to project Iowa is around the three four point favorite again, right, right around that that one possession mark. Uh, and this is. Again, classic offense versus defense game. Iowa, the sixth most efficient offense in the country. Rutgers, second in defense. But if you watched the last time these two teams played, you wouldn't believe that Rutgers was elite defensively. Uh, Iowa hit 12 of 19 from three. And I think the bigger upset was they out-rebounded Rutgers in a rare blowout of the home team at the rack or the Jersey Mike sandwich center whatever it is uh there are rumblings that patrick mccaffrey might be returning um though up until the ohio state game over this weekend it didn't really look like they needed him to return and and really iowa has historically handled rutgers with mccaffrey going eight and three against peichel in this series if rutgers couldn't get it done at home I can't possibly look to back them on the road. Uh, I remember questioning whether I needed to, to sort of adjust my mindset on road Rutgers when they beat Purdue. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, I mean, a, what we consider a bad road team beating the number one team in the country in their building. This is big. But then last week they they go to Sparty and just get blown out. And I was like, yep, this is why you don't trust road Rutgers. Uh, so it would be home team or pass for me. What about you? Yeah, um, I, I watched Rutgers. Um, actually, I mean, we just came off. I was watching the Michigan State game before we got on the pod um, uh, uh, hosting Iowa. Iowa honestly deserved probably to win that game um, and 
did barely cover at the end by missing enough shots. The clock ran out and uh, a miss one and one, of course, was also helpful for for that point spread. Um, I, I was very surprised by the Rutgers uh, loss at home to Iowa the first time they played, especially because and I think the number was I've, I've been be- batting, uh, betting backing saying both at the same time Rutgers a lot at home this year and a lot of their points spreads have been three or less, which has been really nice because that's kind of a cutoff for me. Um, I don't remember looking at the Iowa game because I think it was much bigger than that, like five and six range. So um, that was kind of a gift. Thank you, Market, for not getting me involved with Rutgers in that one. But uh, I I still don't believe in Rutgers on, on the road. Um, they're a really good defense, but I think they're one of those teams that gets by by being really physical. That doesn't really work on the road. They don't have enough offense. And uh, after watching uh, Cam, Pat, Spencer, whatever his name is, um, go one for like 11 or something like that with open shots at Michigan State, um, if he's not on, there's not a lot of offensive options for Rutgers. And I think when you go on the road and you don't have that crowd behind you, you're not getting easy baskets. I think that's a really tough position to be in. Um, if Iowa comes pretty short here, like a possession or less, I'm very interested in backing the Hawks. Um, I, I think Fran McCaffrey is a nut. And unfortunately, you got to take some risk whenever you back him for some technicals coming in. Um, but I don't think that Rutgers will be competitive here. All right. Sounds like we agree on that. Uh, Before we get to best bets, we've got some business to take care of. We do Uh, for I mean, we've both been pretty hot this season, hoping to keep that going as long as possible. I feel like compared to like seasons where things aren't going great, this season is going by way too fast. I just wanted to stall and keep going. (laughs) Um, I'm with you. I mean, maybe it's I just love spending Thursday nights and Sunday nights with AJ. But um, I know we did have him on the soccer pod uh, during the World Cup. So maybe maybe we'll get that back again. Anyway, use promo code AJ24 for my affable host uh you get 24 dollars off for listeners of this college basketball podcast only it's good for seven days from the podcast release aj is up 12.76 units in cbb this season college basketball those might be a little bit underselling you because i know you've been even hotter um including at 20 almost 21 units up the last two weeks um you can get aj's college basketball rest of season also for uh, normally $199, only $175 when you use coupon code AJ24. So that's where the $24 is coming off. Unfortunately, the promo c- confused me. So you get $24 bucks off the rest of AJ's college basketball season. Only $175 for uh, 20 units in the last two weeks, or 21 almost. I don't want to undersell you. Uh, but use the promo code AJ24. And uh, we went 1-0 and last last week in, in best bets because yours is still yet to happen. Hopefully, we'll have a 2-0 by the time this uh, most of you are listening to this, but that would be three in a row. Uh, at least at the very least, by the time this recording, we've had three undefeated podcasts in a row. Um, and I feel like you've been going first in most of them. So unless you have something you want to comment on your uh, your promo, AJ24, uh, I'll let you lead off. Well, I'm glad to give some people some uh, some cash off of that. But it, it, it was selling a little short because I, I finished yesterday up nine 9.8 units, I think. I had a six in one day yesterday. Hello. And if... Uh, if Belmont doesn't let Evansville hit a three at the buzzer, then it's even uh, it's even better than that. So, uh, but either way, it's like you said, things have been going well for both of us. I am a little nervous about my best bet because when I sent the text to Griffin, I got a ha ha reaction. <laughs> so I'm not sure it's as good as I thought it was. But I I like uh, S- uh, St. Louis St. Louis minus one at Davidson. Uh, this is a Friday game. And I like them for a few reasons. They're playing much better of late. They've won six of seven. 
since that embarrassing loss to SIU Edwardsville at home, which was bad. And that's the one I was like, oh, my God, St. Louis is broken. And I had high expectations of this team coming I into the season. we all did. And they were bad. Uh, but and they've, they've been better since. You can't say the same for Davidson, who has lost four of their last five and has yet to score a win over anyone in the Ken Palm Top 100 this season. And this matchup is worrisome for if you're a, a Davidson fan because SLU defends two-pointers at a top 30 rate in the country. They are not a huge team, but they play a lot bigger. Like if you go to the Ken Palm height metric, St. Louis is small, but all the big man stats, they do well. And most of that's because uh, they have a guy in a Coro who is a basically a six foot nine monster. Um, and Davidson, contrary to the stereotypical Davidson team, can't shoot from outside. So if you are going up against a team that's not going to give you anything easy on the inside and you are the worst three-point shooting team in the Atlantic 10 like Davidson is, I wonder where their points are going to come from. Uh, St. Louis is great at getting points at the basket. They are the best two-point offense in the Atlantic 10. And I think these defenses are probably close to even. I might give a slight edge to the Billikens defense. But the the slew offense is worlds better here. So I think getting a really cheap price on them uh, and, and you know, I, I'm try, like I said, I've tried to get away from road favorites, but at minus one, I'm going to shoot my shot here with the Billikens. Yeah, uh, a win is a push at, at that number. Um, I think as I started to cut you off, but uh, earlier, I, I mean, I totally agree. St. Louis were supposed to be a really good team. Um, and I think are a team that you want to look at in the A-10 tournament because they're probably going to have to win it to get a bid. Um, and unfortunately, there's a McKillop on the sideline, but it's not the famous one that that got Steph Curry and then right. um, big <laughs> tournament runs. It's his son, and it's not really been the same this year. Uh, and they just don't seem to have enough talent, in my humble opinion. But um, I like it. I uh, don't love the road faves. That's why I laughed. But um, I was like, I thought we were thought we were done with these AJ, but uh, you've been hot lately. So who am I to uh, do? I've anything? been hot because I haven't been playing row favorites. That's why. <laughs> you know, some some someone might have told you that once once upon a time. I've heard. Anyway, I'm gonna stick with the home team. I'm gonna go with the Wisconsin Badgers. AJ's projected pick them for me, um, and I believe in Wisconsin. They it's hard to after a couple tough results lately, but. Uh, ultimately, I feel like they had a really tough time without um, Tyler Wall, who's maybe their best player, power forward, who I think is going to have a really good matchup in this game that might force Illinois to play a lineup they don't want to, which would put uh, Coleman Hawkins at the five position. And I, I just don't think that Dane Danger can really guard him, um, nor do I think he's really in a good position to guard a lot of the, the Wisconsin bigs that want to play in the perimeter. I'm a sucker for big guys that like to shoot threes and, and the inverted offenses. I think that's going to work really well, especially in the Cole Center, which is, I mean, used to be, I think, one of the the top three or four uh, arenas in all of, all of college basketball for how big of an influence it plays on a game. I think it's the, the crowd knows with everyone in the Big Ten essentially at five and four or something like that right now or everyone relevant to potentially NCAA tournament berth. I think there's going to be a huge, huge crowd support. And I just I feel like the Illinois offense is a lot of three point shots. And I don't think that really is going to translate very well on the road. Plus, uh, I always love going against Matthew Meyer as a defender. And I feel like Tyler Wall 
might get his matchup a lot. And I think that could be a really good option for Wisconsin, who's laying nothing at home based on AJ's projections. So uh, I'll lay up to a possession. That's generally my rule with, with favorites in, in college hoops. But uh, home favorite right at Pickham, as AJ's projecting right now, uh, will be my best bet, uh, hoping for a fourth consecutive, uh, I guess, undefeated podcast. Yeah, I think I think Wall, like the absence of Wall, kind of uh, put some value on Wisconsin because he's one of those guys who is just invaluable to it. Like you can't put a number on what he is to his team, and um, you know, yeah, I think you can look at Creighton. Their example is sort of similar. That run they had without Kalkbrenner, and it feels like they became cheap. And when he came back, it was just like, oh, yeah, but they lost all these games. But it's like there's some guys who make like a fundamental difference to their team. And I think Wall is one of those. So I I do think you're you're going to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of value on Wisconsin, at least for a couple more games, uh, given that, you know, their most recent data points include a lot of time without their best player and and. You know, yesterday uh, I had a, a game of the month on Wofford against Chattanooga, who was without Jake Stevens, who is not not only their best offensive player, but their best defensive player on a bad defensive team. He's like a, a elite shot blocker that erases all the rest of the mistakes that they make. And he, it was still priced like like he was playing and they're just not the same team. So I like injuries are so important in college basketball, especially to these teams that only have like one or two really key guys. And um, yeah, I, I like that pick based just on, on that. Like that. I think you're, you're getting Wisconsin cheaper than you should be. Appreciate that. Yeah. And, and injuries, especially this time of year, I feel like there's 15 guys a night that I'm like, I didn't even know that guy was hurt that all of a sudden is a five minutes before the game, not starting. And then I start panicking and try to figure out why. So um, use your Twitter handles, use your Twitters, whatever you can. There's some good accounts out there to follow because uh, injuries and stuff will will severely impact how these games are played. And I got to say in this sport, um, when you don't have a probable, doubtful, questionable tag or whatever they used to have in the NFL, it's really hard to know what's going on. So keep your ears ears open. Keep your eyes on the Twitter screen. I'm not a Elon Musk fan, but uh, I guess I'm helping his purchase by saying that. All right, I like the uh, I like the thought process there, and hopefully, like you said, we're back with another two and O uh, when we when we're back here on Sunday night. That's the game plan as always. Griffin, great job as always breaking down these games. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for the support. Make sure you tell your friends about the pod, and you know, tell them, hey, I know these great guys, great guys, great. And yeah, although I did see, I did see you ginger shaming someone on Twitter.com today. Which, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of odd, but that, hey. you know, who, who am I to judge? Uh, but Griffin, thank you as always, my man, and uh, I will talk to you on Sunday night. Good luck to you guys with your bets this weekend. Thank you.